Welcome to Beyond the Walls podcast. I'm your host, Kylie, and I want to share through personal experience and life lessons learned about personal walls that I have overcome and overcoming still, and to give you hope and tools to go beyond your walls too. Let's get started. So in this podcast, you know, I've spoken extensively about conflict, being honest, taking responsibility, forgiveness, um, clear communication with yourself in your life and in your relationships, taking down those walls, those things that are in our way and blocking us. But something I haven't really spent a whole lot of time with is a particular area, like what to do, like what's on the other side of that. And I think of specifically, you know, what's on the other side of resolution and how do we rebuild? How do we repair? How do we bring back that closeness? You know, all of these areas, they can be really tough. They're tough to accept. They're tough to deal with, especially if we've been avoiding them or fearing them for a really long time. How willing are you to be honest with yourself and then to be honest with others. So what then? You know, you've been strong enough and you've chosen and been brave enough to take those beginning steps, that internal work that's that's really a lot ha- that has to do with your own mindsets and your own hangups. And you're attempting to practice them in your real life, out loud in the real world. So I want to give you some some practical, some things that have helped me to continue to take that into the repairing conversation. I remember so vividly the roughest times in my marriage, how uncomfortable that was. To just yell, I would complain about it, I would just get all hung up in the logistics and the circumstances of the insult of the offense of the day, whether it was in that specific moment or if it was like a pattern, you know, a season of life that we were in. I can picture this one particular day. It is so clear in my mind. We were getting ready, my husband and I, Lee, and he was in the shower and I was at the sink doing my makeup. And we'd been fighting for a few days up to this point. And, you know, in those days of cold shouldering and kind of silence, and it was a known upset, but we weren't really talking yet. You know, and I'm dwelling in my mind and going over all the shoulda, woulda, couldas, and this is how it could have gone, and he said, and what did he mean, and, you know, all that internal conflict that we do with ourselves. And I think something was really different for me this time, and I had this rising, icky feeling (laughs) that I was missing the point, you know, like that I wasn't really saying the thing that I really needed to say. And I kind of go through that a lot in the episode where we talk about the real versus the right conversation. I definitely recommend you go back and find it and read, listen to it. But I was like, okay, I think I'm just, I'm dealing in the smoke and the mirrors part and I'm not really dealing with the real root of what's really bothering me. I had this growing feeling, you know, that I was like, okay, I think I've got to, I got to say it, but I was so scared. I didn't know what was going to happen on the other end. I didn't really want to have to say it. I didn't really... Honestly, I didn't know if he was going to agree with it or disagree with it, but it didn't really matter what was going to, neither one felt good. I honestly, I didn't want to have to say the hard thing and then I didn't want to have to hear the answer, whether it was good news or bad news. But I chose in that moment, I was like, okay, this is, this is my moment. I'm going to do it. And I'm, I did it in the most protective way. Okay. So he's in the shower. 
he's kind of held hostage, right? <laughs> he's going to be there for a minute. I can leave the bathroom. And so I took that opportunity to just be willing to admit what was really going on for me. You know, I'd realized over those last couple of days, like what was done was done. Nothing could have undone the logistics and the circumstances that had happened, whether it was something he should have done or he should not have done. And I don't even really remember what the issue was leading up to this point, but I just remember that moment in the bathroom so clearly. The real issue for me was that we weren't unified and I was feeling really emotionally disconnected. I felt like I wasn't loved. I didn't feel cared for. I didn't feel seen. I was feeling rejected. And it didn't really matter who was right or who was wrong or what was said or however it was communicated. The point was that's what I was feeling. And until I was willing to admit that to myself and then be able to say that to him, we weren't ever going to be able to really get resolved. So this particular day, I was willing to take my first baby step to sharing the real instead of the right. But I said what I needed to say, and I left. I hightailed it out of that bathroom so quick. I was like, I didn't even give him a chance to respond. I don't even know how long he realized until he realized I was gone. I didn't care. I was out of there. I was so afraid to face what was going to come next. But I knew that I at least needed to take that first step. You know, what happened after that particular day is also just as much of a blur as what preceded it. But I can tell you that from that day on, my ability to say what was true and what was honest and what was real, it's become easier and faster and safer. And honestly, it's been essential for my own well-being. It also has significantly contributed to the health and the unity of my marriage, of our friendship, of our connection, of our intimacy, of our ability to be vulnerable with one another. I can also say that it hasn't been perfect. It's not been, you know, just this constant uphill projection of perfection. Sometimes I still say the truth and I leave immediately to avoid the fear of rejection. I think most of the time, I do choose to say it and I stay right there. And if I'm really feeling feisty and <laughs> secure, like I will, I just demand, I was like, I have to have an answer to this other thing. Like I will not remove myself in the uncomfortability. I can withstand the uncomfortability in the silence. You know, I think something that has become a lot more obvious for us too is giving space and grace for the other people involved. You know, because sometimes Lee doesn't have an answer right away. And sometimes he is avoiding the uncomfortable healing words to repair. You know, it takes time. Sometimes I don't always choose to do the loving thing, to come to, with my honesty, to be able to say the real issues. And I just stay in the right. And it takes two of us to be in the real. It takes two of us to show up vulnerably at the same time and in the same way. And so sometimes I have to follow up, you know, and, I, and I've been okay to do that too. I'll say when I'm really feeling and there's like silence. And in that moment, I can say, did you hear me? Did you want to respond? Can you respond? I would like a response. I haven't gotten the answer to my real question yet. And sometimes he's come back and he starts getting caught up in the logistics of things too, right? And we just start talking about the circumstances. And I have to be okay to advocate and say, no, that's... I mean, I appreciate those things. We do need to repair those things. But at the root, I need the reassurance 
are we on the same page? So I think it's in that space, like it's hard to continue the healing process after we've had those conflicts and we've been able to repair and we've been able to push ourselves to be vulnerable and to say the tough things. So that's kind of what I want to go to talk about in the rest of this episode is after that. We've done all the hard part of being honest with ourselves, deal with all of our pre-fight feelings and the loss of connection, and then we go to them, we let them know how we're feeling, and then it might be a positive experience, right? They might be able to say, yeah, I do love you. We're good. We forgive each other, all the good feels, but then what? I think it's so funny. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like it's so easy for me to feel like when it's been good, it'll just stay good forever. And then when it's bad, it just feels like it's going to be bad forever. Like we're never going to be unified again. Isn't that funny how we can (laughs) just have such extremes in our marriages or in our friendships and our relationships? And you're like, oh my gosh, you get in big trouble at work. or, And you're just like, how do we ever stop feeling like we're in trouble? How do we go back to what it was like where there was peace and true unity and, you know, we were conflict free before this upset happened? And I think it's, it's takes something to really build and protect and to intentionally repair that. I remember um, as a little kid, one of the things that I would do whenever I got in trouble, you know, usually I would get caught doing something and I'd have to go to a timeout or go spend some time by myself or do something when the punishment is over and it's peaceful again and i just remember always being the one to first wait like i would just come out of the room and i was going to be silent i was holding myself back like i was withdrawn and guarded until i had confirmation from the other party that we were at peace so until my mom started talking to me again normal or having questions or you know just the friendly banter I was looking for that outside proof that we're at peace. If you're happy, I'm happy. And I think some of that might be part of, you know, that's part of my conflict, my own internal value system that I get caught up in is that victimhood of like, hey, if you're happy with me, then I'm happy with me. It doesn't matter how I feel or what I need or am I resolved? Like, and have I been honest? Like, as long as you're okay and you're not mad anymore, then we're going to be okay. And I think that's what we're really trying to get out of is how do we both get to make sure we're okay? How is it not just all about you and your feelings as long as you're not mad, then I'm at peace. It really takes two of us to be at peace. So I say all that to say, I I get and I understand how uncomfortable vulnerability is. You know, I think what's even crazier is then as I got older, I actually really hate positive reconciliation. It's almost just as uncomfortable to me as as us fighting, which sounds crazy because you're like, I know I'm going to be accepted again. I know we're going to get through this bad time and we're going to be good again on the other end. But you got to get through that reconciliation part that just, it doesn't feel as icky and uncomfortable to me today as it used to. But oh man, I hated it just as much. I'd rather just have never, we never had the conflict and we don't have to have the hard talk or the positive talk. I'd rather just keep going without any vulnerability and keeping it all under wraps. (laughs) But it's not how life goes. And that's not how you have close relationships. And so you got to kind of take the good with the bad. And so now, you know, that's where then the work began for me too, was that after I was willing to face myself and then be able to be honest with the other people, how do I keep choosing to lean in to repair well 
to get back to the good that there was beforehand. So I'm going to give you a couple of practicals to take with you. I think one, the most important one is the first step, which is verbalizing the forgiveness and the love. You know, it's important that we actually say those words. I love you. I'm sorry. I choose us. I want to rebuild. I want to repair. That was really hard. That hurt me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for understanding. I feel understood. I want to grow in this area. Thank you for telling me the hard things. I'm glad we could share our feelings with each other. I care about you. I know that you care about me. I love you. If we can't actually say those things, it's going to be really hard to know that one, we really do mean it because it's easy for us to fake forgiveness. It's easy to fake unity. It's easy to pretend. And sometimes we're in denial that we're even pretending, but it makes it a whole lot harder for us to just like bold faced lie to the people in our lives. And I think it's in that space that we can test out like, wow, has, has everything that needs to be said been said? Do I believe, am I willing to accept that this other person means it? Or are there still some yeah buts? And if there are yeah buts, this is the space to stay until you can get to the bottom. If you need time, then say that. I'm not ready yet. I need some time. I'm almost there. I do really love you. I'm still really hurt. I'm not sure what to do with this other part yet. You know, there's time. There's a openness. There's a vulnerability that's able to be really honest with where we are. But we can also then reassure with where we do want to get. Like, I know we will get there. I'm not ready yet. I think what goes really hand in hand with the verbal reassurance is the physical reassurance. You know, if possible, it's really important for these conversations to be followed up with a hug, with a physical touch of some kind, some eye contact, in-person connection, you know, all the senses. Nothing replaces the connection like this. And I know that there might be situations where you're far apart. We have Zoom now. At least look them in the face. <laughs> Let them read and see your body language. There's so much that we miss when we're just hearing it or we're not able to be in person. There's so much in our communication that is holistic. It takes all parts of our body, the tone, our body language, our facial expressions. Look each other in the eye. You know, even in a business deal, they shake hands, right? Like to seal the contract, to seal the deal. And I think too, even if you are not immediately a physical touch person, the other people in your life might be. And even if you don't think that you are or it makes you super uncomfortable, I think we can't deny that there is an innate need that we do really have. We were made for connection. We were made for physical contact. Like it makes us feel closer. There is something really vulnerable about being able to hold each other's hands or to put your arm around a friend who's crying and needs comfort. Like, like it's a way that we really do show comfort even when words can't meet it. When you've been really hurting and you're not in conflict with somebody, but you know, you're in the hospital and somebody comes to visit you, like it's a nonverbal way that we offer support. We let people know, like, I'm here for you. I am connected with you. I feel your pain. We're in it together. That can't be said in words what physical touch can say. And so I think it's important that you have both. 
Sometimes when we are feeling afraid and we're feeling guarded, it's really easy to pull away physically. You know, that's kind of how I felt like as the little kid, like I was like, I'm going to keep my distance. And I just took the verbal cues. But I think I certainly never wanted to be hugged afterwards. Like that's something that I try to do a lot with my kids now where I'm like, let me just, let me hug you. Let me look you in the eye. Let me reassure you of all my love and my care are on the same page. If we're not willing to be physically present with the people in our lives, then I think that that's something to consider of what is still wounded. Why are we still being guarded? What is left that's been unsaid? Or is it something that just needs to take time? But can we say those things? Are we going to choose to lean into to trust first, to try to make those attempts, or are we still going to be reserved and pulled back? I think the other really important thing for us to do is quality and quantity time. You know, oftentimes when there has been conflict between Lee and I, you know, and we've done those first two steps, I've been able to verbalize it and we physically connected again. We don't start actually spending time together and we go right back to where it was and usually that's what causes the fights in the first place between lee and i is we're just busy and we're just not connecting and he's doing his thing and i'm doing my thing and something will happen that will just cause an offense or cause a hurt when there there wasn't already a lot of love and connection so if we do all these things to repair and reconnect and then we just go right back to being silent with each other and go right back to coexisting a lot of times, you know, we'll just go right back to the fight where it was. I'm just as easily hurt and offended or fearful as the time before. And all of that connection gets undone. And I think it can mean the reconciliation that we thought we had wasn't really complete and maybe needs to go back and repair again, or have another layer that needs to be uncovered that wasn't dealt with. You know, I think when we when we come back together and we try to do it differently, it doesn't have to be extravagant. It doesn't need to be some grandiose, huge, expensive date or an all-day thing. Like, it doesn't have to become this burden to take on. It needs to be manageable. It needs to be realistic. But I also think what we have done at times, you know, when especially in the busy seasons of our life where it's been really hard to have quality time, then it makes it easier for us to be bumping and fighting. But there are some real logistical things that like we really can't get any good quality time in the next little bit. Then we verbalize it. We say that. We acknowledge it. Like we share then of when will we do it? What is something that we're going to put on the calendar that we can look forward to? Or maybe it's subtle twists where, you know, Lee's a night owl. I go to bed early. He stays up really late. So sometimes it just means and he's committed to coming to bed at a reasonable hour. <laughs> you know, like what can we do that just puts us in the same place at the same time? just for the purposes of building up that quantity time. Maybe those aren't necessarily quality, but they are both essential to have quality time and quantity time. When we verbalize it is we'll say things like, you know, I, I'm sorry that this is how it's been. I know it's been really busy and it's been really hard. Here's my schedule. Here's what I have for the next week or the next two weeks. I don't know how I'm going to get it all done. Can you support me in this? Here's the kind of support I would like to have. How can we be doing this together as opposed to feeling like we're doing it against each other or to each other or without each other? We can verbally be reassuring that's like, you know what? I do want to spend the time with you. I need you. I love you. We want to help each other. 
I think it's important that we remember and we find ways to remind each other that we're on the same team. It's so easy for us to feel like enemies <laughs> and we're we're not only doing the hard things in our own personal lives, but then when we come together, it's another burden as opposed to we want to be each other's biggest helpers and our biggest advocates. How can this apply to our friendships where we don't have the convenience or the luxury of living with these people? You know, but what about the other people in our lives or people that live far away? We're not going to be able to spend that same kind of quality time, but there are ways that we can build in that quality quantity time. You know, I think recently I went through something with a friend and life had just kind of taken over. We used to be really close because one, we were emotionally connected, but two, then a lot of our life circumstances just aligned. They lived super close to us. Our kids, we were both homeschooling. We were in the same homeschool co-op. Our kids were close to each other. You know, there was just a lot of natural parts of life that aligned. We didn't have to make a lot of effort to have that quality quantity time. But she had moved away to the, uh, just a town over. She's not super far, but she just moved a little bit farther away. And then we stopped being in the same co-op. And now I've stopped homeschooling. And then our kids have gotten older and they're still close to each other, but it's just not the same. You know, our teen girls have jobs now and the kids have different activities. And just those subtle twists over time have created a lot of distance. And there wasn't anything, you know, no real conflict happened. There was no actual thing that caused a fight. We just didn't realize that over time, just distance had, had come up. Our relationship had changed. The dynamic was different. We started going through hard things and realized like, oh, wow, where did that other person go? You know, and I really appreciated her being able to come and talk to me about it. Wow. I just didn't even realize that that happened. And what do we want to do about it now? You know, and especially then this last year of trying to start this business and she has her business things that she's doing. And, you know, it wasn't personal. It wasn't an offense. It wasn't a conflict that we had, but life had just taken over and created that distance. It was affecting us personally. And we had two choices, you know, to be able to choose to just acknowledge that, to reassure each other of our love. And then we were going to have to actually make some real sacrifices to intentionally choose each other, to choose that quality time to put that back in. You know, it sounded a lot in those conversations. We started adding then after we realized just the disconnect that we had to then be really reassuring in our language. I miss you. I can't wait to see you. When are you available next week? Let's meet up on this particular day. You know, we verbally went out of our way to reassure our love for each other, our interest for each other. You know, while we're not taking our business and the logistics and the hardships personally, no one was avoiding the other person. Life just happens. But at the same time, if we don't then make sacrifices to actually make sure that we rebuild, we're not going to be able to get close again. We're not going to be able to restore and repair. I think sometimes for me in these beginning stages where I was trying to really grow in this area was almost more importantly, was I willing to make the sacrifice to my time and my schedule? But was I willing to make the sacrifice to verbally engage in a vulnerable way. 
to make myself vulnerably available, my heart available, my feelings available. I haven't always been the most verbally encouraging. I would say encouragement is my weakest link. Um, I love to support. I love to pep talk. I love to coach. I, I love to believe in you and think you can do all things. But I'm not necessarily, I don't know. I guess it takes different circumstances. I can be more encouraging than others. But in these kind of dynamics, it is really easy for me to want to be guarded or wait for the other person to initiate. And so I think you got to decide who are you and that person. If nobody's initiating, are you willing to initiate? Are you willing to take the first step to create this culture, to change the dynamic? And if you are not the initiator, you're still really uncomfortable, is the other person trying? Are you willing to receive? Are you responding in the same way? Are you willing to reassure back if you are being reassured or trying to be reached out to? You know, I think it's damaging in our relationships. It's damaging to my marriage if my husband's trying to repair and reconnect with me and I keep still giving him the guarded shoulder or the silent treatment or I'm still bristly. You know, that's not clear and peaceful and loving and a repairing kind of position to take. So I might still be feeling hurt and be really vulnerable, but if we've done all of these other steps, our language and our actions have to show up the same. And I think that brings me to um, our final point, which is really being able to redefine the goal if necessary. So what I mean by this, you know, in my marriage, I think there is just this goal at least so far, right? That we are always, there's always this understanding that nothing really changes from the big picture, right? Which we're trying to be supportive. We're trying to be unified. We want there to be mutual trust and respect and honesty and be loving, right? To meet each other's needs. That just, that's what we vow to do. That's what the foundation of our relationship was. And so whenever we have these bumps, that's just always what we're going back to. And so unless something really, you know, drastic happens and we have to set up new boundaries or doing something different, then we would need to redefine maybe what's, what's the next layer of healing that we can do or what's the next baby step that we're trying to get to before we can get back to that genuine safe place where we were. How that looked in my friend's situation, logistically, it was going to look different we had to redefine kind of just what we were available to do. And I think that's what kind of caused the surprise on the distance, right? Is because we just didn't realize it was just these, all these little baby steps that happened and took away and added to the distance. Those things weren't going to change. This was our new reality, right? Like our new schedules, our new circumstances. But what we were trying to do was to get back to feeling connected to supporting each other emotionally to be a friend who was going to come alongside when we needed something we were going to be available to one another that was not going to change we both were on the same page that that's what we're moving towards and so now how do we go back right how do we get back to that emotional connection the security and the vulnerability that we had how do we make that still be our goal to get back to within our circumstances. 
So I think it's important why I say redefine the goal if necessary, because it is possible, you know, if something happened and there's, you know, the relationship is ending or it really can't go back to what it was or neither of you want it to go back to the way that it was, but it's important to establish that. You know, how do we, if one of us is trying to get back to being the original, you know, the same level of emotional connection and my friend is like, no, I'm just done. I, I have a new support system. I don't actually want you to fit that role anymore. So it might be one of those people that's like, okay, this this need was, was being met in a season and it's going to be different. It's not going to go back to the way that it was. How do we reconcile that and be able to move forward unified? moving forward on the same page that we're working together at the same pace at the same time i think in all of these examples you know it's also really valuable to leave room and time to create something new you know i think every bump that i have with my husband you know we're still trying to get back to this great level of unity and love and respect right but we're imperfect so we're rarely ever there for very long but it's always our goal. But I think, how can we leave time every time that we have a bump to learn something new, right? How do we continue to grow alongside of each other as we each individually mature and we grow? We have new strengths and different weaknesses appear as we're healing and processing and changing. How do we leave room for the people in our lives to, to show up differently, to mature in new ways? How do we relate to one another as our current state together to being unified of growing in our love to grow in our trust to grow at the pace that we're ready to grow at you know what are the needs of the other person and what are your needs how do they both get to be met things don't always have to go back to looking exactly like they were they're allowed to look different you know like i was talking with my friend like we can never go back to what our lives were like when she lived across the street and we homeschooled together and our kids were the ages that they were, right? Like that's just an unrealistic expectation, but we can fight and strive to maintain and keep our emotional connection, the support that we had of one another, that closeness. So I think once you know for yourself, if this is a relationship that you do want to repair back to what was, or it's something that needs to change. How open have you been with what your new expectations are? And does there need to be a conversation with that other person just to make sure that you're on the same page? You know, it takes both to be on the same level of commitment and closeness. With my friend example, right? Like if, if we're not both trying to do the same thing, then I'm never, one of us will not be able to be as close and we will always be disappointed then. So we have to be, again, vulnerable enough to have that conversation. Now, if it's a relationship where you're both wanting to go back to what it was, then I wanna remind you to just stay vulnerable and lean in. Lean into the physical touch, lean into the physical time, lean into the positive and verbal affirmation, lean into guarding your heart and your thoughts from sabotage, from doubts, from fear, from lies, from wanting to be guarded and to be 
insecure and not being willing to be vulnerable. Sometimes we just have to choose to trust and we just have to choose to put ourselves out there. Choose to set up the time. Choose to be the first one to send that text. Choose to sacrifice to make yourself available. How can we refill the love bank as soon as possible? The sooner we start loving, laughing, building trust and connection, the sooner our hearts will be bonded again. The sooner love and gratitude and safety will be restored. We will be reminded with why we came together in the first place. But without that time, without the openness, without the vulnerability, the words of reassurance, the reassurance of our physical connection, of our quantity and our quality time, it's going to be really hard to build that back up. So are you willing to repair well? Thank you so much for joining me today. If you would like more information about opportunities for coaching or more help outside of the podcast, you can follow us at beyondthewalls.podcast on Instagram or check out our website, beyondthewallspodcast.com. Until next time, bye. Bye.